Christ Community Church. My name is Amy. And my name is Troy, and we'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, Christ Community Church wants to be a church of generous people, and a great way to do that is through giving. And an easy way to do that is to text CCC Rochester to 77977. Or if you're with us in person today, you can drop your donation in one of the boxes at the back of the auditorium as you leave. And we thank you for your continued support. Hey, did you know that Easter is just two weekends away? And we are so thrilled that we get to have in-person services this year. Our in-person services are Saturday, April 3rd at 5.30 p.m. and 7 p.m., as well as Sunday, April 4th at 9.45 a.m. and 11 a.m. Now, Amy, if, if, you, if you out there are not able to uh, attend in person, we do have online services still. And we'd love to have you join us online. And our Easter Sunday services will be April 4th at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. Awesome. We also have Good Friday services. And our in-person services for those are Friday, April 2nd at 5.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. And we do also have an online service for that as well. And that will be at 7.30 p.m. Awesome. All right, you guys, uh, we are so excited that um, we have Easter this year. And again, if you're going to be joining us in person, the services are starting to fill up. So make sure to talk to your family, figure out what service fits best for you and get online and get signed up. We want to make sure that we have room for you guys. Hey, last thing before we go, now is a good time to take out your smartphone. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is if there is a time during service, maybe during worship or Daryl, okay, so not right now. Um, <laughs> go ahead and take a picture or write down something that really speaks to your heart and share it on social media and go ahead and tag us on Facebook or Instagram. We would love for you guys to see how our weekend messages are reaching you. Hey you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And we thank you and just have a wonderful day. Well, whether you're online or in person, we are so glad that we can be together today to lift our voices and worship him. So let's stand and just do that. Great.
cross Jesus is waiting God so loved the world So in my Bible reading this past week, a word kept popping up, and I was actually thinking about counting how many times it happens in scriptures, but there's a lot of verb tenses, and it just seemed like a lot of math. So I just know I've heard it before. But it's the word renew. And what popped out to me is um, that when we step into faith with Jesus, he makes us new. But there's a process of being renewed that keeps on going and keeps on going. And so David says in Psalm 51, 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. And then Paul later in Romans 12, 2, says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And so what greater place to be, whether you're in person or online, but be together lifting up the name of Jesus, high above all names. And when we do that, that's part of our renewal process. We shed that human layer of sin that we need to shed on a daily basis. And he fills us and he transforms us with his spirit so we become holy and pleasing to God, which is what we want. So as we continue to lift our voices together in worship, let's not only say the words and sing the words, but focus on the renewing piece of it. Where would I run but to the throne of mercy? Where would I kneel but at this cross of grace? How great the love, how strong the hand that holds us.
one in this moment to be pure and holy, blameless and spotless, to be a, a living sacrifice for you and for your name and your glory. God, thank you that you have the power to renew every day. Thank you that you don't get frustrated with the fact that we fail. But we come before you in this place today knowing that we do and knowing that through your son that we are white and spotless. And we thank you for that. In your holy, precious, and beautiful name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. So how are you doing, Christ Community Church? Yeah. Good to see you guys. Welcome, those of you who are watching us online. We're really glad that you're part of this service with us. Um, what a great day. What a great weekend that we're having. And um, any of you like really locked in on the basketball tournament that's happening? Okay, no, not very many people in the room. But just so you know, I checked, I checked my bracket before I walked in. The ESPN bracket, I am in 1.9 millionth place. So <laughs> I don't know what that means means I'm not a very good guesser um, for these things. But really glad to be in worship this weekend with you, and thanks for, thanks for being here. It's, it's an incredible privilege to be with you. So we're in this series that we've called Vision, and we are, uh, we're talking about what kind of church we believe God wants us to be. And we're looking three to five years into the future, saying, okay, we have this mission statement of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're hanging on to that, and we're serious about that mission statement. So if we're gonna be serious about accomplishing that mission, what kind of people do we need to be in the next three to five years or so? And so we took some of the work that, a lot of the work that you guys did during the interim season a couple of years ago and a little bit longer than that and kind of massaged that through prayerfully with the leadership teams. And so we've come up with this vision that we're unrolling over a five-week series. And so this is week four, we got this week and next week. So the vision statement is for us to be a church generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. And so I wanna talk with you today about, about being people who love each other well. And I'm excited for this, I'm excited for this conversation. It is, um, it's, it's a tender subject in the Bible, and it's spoken of in great length and great detail, and so we're gonna spend a little bit of time just kind of making our way through some of the major passages in the scripture that talk about loving each other well. Most of, the, most of the scriptures we're gonna look at, all but one of the scriptures that we're gonna look at tonight were written by the Apostle John. So the Apostle John in his Gospel, John, he actually refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved, which to me is always a little bit funny because there were 11 other disciples and he just wants to make sure we all know that Jesus had a favorite and it was him. And so, but John really caught this idea of this love that God had for him and how that love should flow from God through him into the lives of other Christian people. And so when we say love each other, I'm talking about loving each other as fellow followers of Jesus. And tradition tells us that, that when the apostle John was an old, old man. He, was, he, had, he had suffered 
at the hands of, um, he'd suffered persecution for his faith in Jesus. He lived a really long life and there was, he couldn't walk. There was a period at the end of his life where he was unable to walk and his disciples follow, or they, the guys that followed him, they actually carried him around. And one of the things that they say, that like the, the sentence that was most likely to come out of the Apostle John's mouth as an old man was, love the brethren, love the brethren. And that was his, that was his title for brothers and sisters in Christ, love God's people, love the brethren. And so, so he caught that maybe in a way that was unique from the other writers of scripture. And so we're gonna spend some time looking at some things he said in the Gospel of John and also in what he said in his letter that we know as 1 John. And so I'm excited to share these things with you. So I wanna jump in by reading for you from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. So this is John recording for us something Jesus said right before he's headed to the cross and making sure his people that were following him get it. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus seems to be serious about this, this idea for his followers, as Christian people, to love one another. And as I've been spending time preparing for, for this talk this weekend, one of the things that I just really was kind of curious about, and I'm not sure I have great answers to, but why was it important to Jesus that people on the outside would know that we followed him? You see how he says that? He says, by this will, this, all people are gonna know that you follow me if you love each other. And so he sets up this scenario that like, we, kind of within the church as followers of Jesus, love each other well, and those who are outside see this love that we have for one another and they come to the conclusion, oh, those people are Jesus followers. And as I process through that, the, maybe the best answer that I could offer to you of why that's important to Jesus is, is connected to this idea of love and people who do not know him have not yet met him have not seen or experienced the kind of love he offers, their chance to see it is as we love each other with his kind of love. So, so along those lines, then, if this whole command here to love one another connects to this idea of God who is love and this God who loves us. Now, I gotta say this to you. This, this is not... This is not a try harder, do better message, right? It's, I, don't, like, I don't communicate that to people. I, to, just to say to you, hey, love one another, and if you're not doing a very good job at it right now, like let's do better. That's not my, that's not my goal here. So I wanna show you a few things from the scriptures that what we, have, we have to do better. We have some next steps that we're gonna take, but I'm not asking you to conjure up anything within yourself and somehow like 
be better at loving other people. Let me show you some things I think from the Bible I think be really helpful for you that you're not gonna try harder, you're actually just gonna trust the Lord more and walk in the way that he has for us as people who follow after him to walk. So I wanna start with this idea that is in 1 John chapter 4, verse eight, and also in verse 16. So as John's writing to a little church, he says, God is love. He just makes that statement flat out, God is love. And, and there are only two times in the Bible when God is characterized with this kind of language and that kind of force, and John uses them both. He says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And just articulating that God is holy, he is perfect, he is, above, like he is pure, and in him there is nothing that is impure. And in this second way, he says God is love. And so he, he's, with that kind of statement there that he's making, what he's telling us is, is we have this, this God that you and I are getting to know who has moved towards us, this God, he is love. When we think about love, a lot of times we think about a feeling or we think about an action, somebody acting on their feelings, but really love as it relates to God, love is part of God's nature, it's who he is. And, and so God is love, it's not just that he is loving, but God is love, and so this God the Father, as, as, we are, as we think about him, to think rightly about him, one of the things that needs to come first to mind is that he is, he is love, and he is love in a way that he is also light. So he is, he is light, and in him there is no darkness. He is love, and in him there is nothing that is inappropriate or unloving about the kind of love. There's nothing selfish or self-serving or self-seeking in that love. God is, God is love. So Jesus then, building on that in John chapter 15, verse nine, is talking to his disciples, and he says, as the Father, this God who is love, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. So if you just kind of go with this picture with me, so God the Father is love. And God the Father has loved God the Son with his pure, perfect, God is light and in him is no darkness, love. And just as the Father loves the Son, so the Son loves his followers. Just as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love by doing what I command you. I'm loving you with this pure God is light, no darkness, no self-serving, no self-seeking kind of love. I'm loving you that way. Now you love each other. And then Paul, this is the only time I'm gonna, anybody outside of the Apostle John who was a love the brethren kind of guy, Paul writes this in Romans 5.5, 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So this this God who is love 
loves his son, he pours his love out on his son, who then allows that love to pour onto us, and God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, this God who is light and who is love, pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who lives inside those of us who have trusted Jesus as our Savior. And so, so this picture is like we have just been, we have been bathed in and filled up with this God is light, God is love kind of love. And so you and I have been given this amazing, this amazing love. First John chapter three, verse one says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Isn't that a great word, that lavish? That's a great word. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And so, so when we say we wanna be the kind of church who loves each other, we're not talking about like trying to work up sweet feelings for each other. Hey, like, that might be part of it for you, I guess, but you know, that's, that's not really, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about trying to work up some sweet feelings inside of yourself that you could feel towards somebody else or, or, or somehow like have to conjure up some desire to go be with or go help or go do, like we're not talking about something that you build up within yourself and you kind of grunt your way or bootstrap your way into it. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about being the kind of church who, who is knowing this God who is love and is knowing his son who loves us and who is living by his spirit who has poured this divine love into our hearts. We're talking about being the kind of people who recognize that, hey, God has, God has given us all that we need in order to love each other with his kind of love and we're gonna, we're gonna, instead of thinking of ourselves as just recipients of this love that he has given to us, we're gonna think of ourselves as conduits of it. So I'm not trying to build up any kind of love, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make any kind of, like I'm not trying to do anything like that over on the side, manufacture anything, I'm actually just gonna receive and then pass on what God has given to me. And so when we talk about being a church who loves each other well, we're going, to, we're going to talk about being, being kind of people who love each other with the love that God has already given to us. And so, so what I wanna do for the rest of our time together is I wanna talk to you about some practical ways or these aren't as practical, but they are, like there's a philosophy in all of this that you can grab some practical ideas from. And I've got five things for you. So before I jump into those five things, I wanna say two things about them because you know I wouldn't wanna just rush into anything here. So the first thing when we're talking about loving each other well, there, there are two ways that we can kind of, we can drift or maybe hear this incorrectly. The first is it would be really easy to sit there and think about the different ways people are not loving you. And it's, you're probably right, I mean, honestly, because you're surrounded by human beings and churches full of people who are broken and we're not, but this isn't, this isn't about 
Like this isn't intended for you to, to think about yourself and about how other people are failing in, in their love for you. This is really an opportunity for you to think through like this love that God has poured out and on and poured into you. How is, how is that love flowing out of me into the lives of other people? And so, so as I talk about these practical ways, don't use this as a chance to be frustrated or bitter about what you're not getting. Think through like, okay, Lord, where am I doing this well and where do I need to move forward in this? Like, this, is, this is about me taking next steps in being a person who loves each other, who loves well people who also follow Jesus. Here's the second thing. As I talk through these things, it would be, it would be easy for you to think in context of your, of your comfort zone, of, um, of maybe your normal circles, of your life group, of your friend group, of your family, of, of the people who are already part of your life to be thinking through, like, am I loving these people well? And I, and I, think, that's, I think you should, but I also wanna challenge you to go a step further than that. Because I think we're at this unique moment it's at least unique for us. I don't know how unique it is if we were really good students of history. Um, but I think we're at this unique moment where, where we have to think beyond what we're already experiencing, the, the people that are already part of our lives, the, the comfort areas for us. So this, what I'm gonna ask you to do as you think about these, as I, as I talk through these different things and read some scripture to you and as we think about these things, I'm gonna ask you to think about how does this look right now in my life for people who aren't necessarily like me? For people who are different than me, for Christ followers who maybe aren't part of my immediate circle or aren't even part of our bigger circle as a church? Because it's not just, hey, love your church well. It's love one another and you and I live in this community where there are other Christ followers, there are other churches, there are other people, and, and many of them are not like us. And it's really tempting to, to, to just, we just drift into groups where we're all kinda like each other, and so it's, we might love each other with God's kind of love, but we're really comfortable around each other, and so there's, there's something else there. And, and we live, in this, we live in this culture that is divided. I don't have to, you guys know, if you've paid any attention over the last, however long it is, last year or so, we live in this culture that is, is divided. And, and the church has to at least show the way, hopefully lead the way, but we have to show the way back together and the way back together is to be looking beyond these things that divide us to the thing that unites us. And if the church could figure this out, like the big, big which direction you need it? Big C church, I'm, YMC, <laughs> it's the only way I know to do that. If the church could figure this out, if the church could figure this out, wouldn't that be something if the culture looks at the church who's figured out the race thing, the socioeconomic thing, the political divide, like if the church, if the big C church could figure that out and we loved each other well, 
that, that might really be something for, for the culture around us to say, I don't know about all of that stuff, but there's something different about those people. They actually love each other. And by this will all people know that you're my disciple. We follow Jesus. We would have a great platform for talking to people if we could get this love each other thing going well. So let me give you, so all of that to say, think about these things outside your comfort zone, outside of the normal circle you run in. How might this look if I were loving some, another Christ follower who isn't like me? How might this thing look? All right, so I'm gonna give you these five things. First, oh, and this is cool too, they all start with S. Doesn't happen to me very often, so I'm celebrating today. Um, the first one, if we are going to love well, if God's kind of love is gonna go through, flow through our lives, the first one is serving. We're gonna be people who serve. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this next week, about serving our neighbors outside of the family of God. But Jesus modeled this for his disciples in John 13, having loved his own who were in the world. So those, these are his, his people that followed him around. He loved them to the end. To the fullest extent, he loved them to the end. And when he got done, what he did was he washed their feet. And he took on the role of a servant and he did for them what needed to be done but nobody really wanted to do. And so he washed their feet and then he said, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And some sections of the church take that to be a ceremony, kind of like, communion and baptism that Jesus left us, we don't see it to that level, we see it as an act of service. That if, if our Lord and teacher is willing to take on the role of a servant, that he loved his own to the very, like to the end of love, to the fullest extent he loved them and it started with a willingness to serve, to to, to take the lowest position and do the thing that needed to be done. And so this God who is love lavishes his love on us and we let that flow through us by being people who are willing to serve, who are willing to do what's needed to be done, who are willing to, to get our hands dirty, to put our resources there. I, like we're, we're willing to do that. So the first one's serving. The second one is um, sharing, sharing. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's a, that's a pretty strong question, right? How could the love of God be in that person? Because the love of God is, it's a sharing Love. So if, you, if the love of God is in you and you see someone who has a physical need, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And I was thinking about, you know, that first group of Jesus followers in Acts, when they get to get, like they, they first come together and one of the statements about them was that they, they were really good at this sharing with each other 
they, they had all things in common is basically what it says. And, and they were really good at sharing with each other so that people who had more than, enough would share, more than enough would share with people who had less than enough. And in that environment, they all had enough. And there's the story, like there's that statement about the church and then the very next thing, it talks about people would like, they'd have, they had land. And all of a sudden they would, like they would sell that land and they would bring the proceeds from that sale and just and give it to the apostles to make sure that everybody, everybody who's one of us has enough in this. And it, it created this amazing stir in the community in which they lived that their, their love, God's love in them flowing through them made sure that everybody had enough. Now, what I would say to us in this is I don't know how uniquely American this is or if this is just the context we know. It's, it's really easy to think about being the one who shares. Like, okay, if I see somebody who doesn't have enough, um, I would be willing to share with them. But, but part of love and relationship is there's mutual benefit. If we're gonna be in relationship with people and, and you know the people who are like us, again, it's easier to, like that mutual benefit is easier to see and experience. If it's, if it's people who aren't like us, sometimes we can take on the role of, well, I wanna be the one who shares, which means somebody has to be the one who shares with, who gets shared with, and in every relationship, every relationship, people we bring ourselves and what we have to the table so that they are mutually beneficial, so that there is a mutual giving and a mutual receiving so that God's love is not only flowing out of our lives into someone else's life, it's actually flowing out of someone else's life into our life. And so in this idea of sharing, as you think about relationships, particularly with people who aren't like you, you've gotta start thinking about, okay, I don't wanna be the only one who brings value here. So I've got to allow people to share with me and that requires some humility to let people share with me so that there is a mutually beneficial, we both add value to each other's lives. And this idea of sharing, of, of we pool our stuff. And I don't know how long it's been since this church had a potluck dinner. How many of you have been to a potluck dinner? So okay, so you guys who are in here, if that brings back like warm, fuzzy feelings, raise your hand. Okay, if that brings back, oh my gosh, I can't believe you ate the stuff that they put out on that table. Would you? <laughs> I got introduced to spam at a church potluck. I thought it was ham. It's really not the same thing. Um, but you know, like that, that church potluck thing was really a chance for people to bring what they had and share with each other and so that we all have, like we're together. And, and we can't do that necessarily right now, but there are creative ways to, to share and to create environments where we all bring what we have to the table so that we build each other up, mutually beneficial relationships through sharing. So that's the second one, sharing the second one. Third one is standing by and strengthening. If I was gonna say this a little differently, I would say having each other's back. So Paul writes about this, and um, I don't think he's complaining, I think he's just making an observation. But he's, he's writing about, 
He was always in jail for his faith in Jesus, for actually proclaiming his faith in Jesus. He was declaring that Jesus is Lord, and that flies in the face of Caesar is Lord, which was the cry of his time. Um, there's only one God, and the way to him is through Jesus. Well, we think there's all these gods, so you need to be quiet. Well, I'm not gonna be quiet about this. This is what you guys, this is what the Lord has, I've experienced this, and he's told me to tell you, and so he's always in jail, because he didn't, and, and he was on trial for his life, and he's writing to Timothy, one of his, one of his representatives and protégés, and 2 Timothy, which is the last letter that we know of that the Apostle Paul wrote, he says that my first defense, and he's talking about when I was on trial for my life, my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. So he's not, you know, he's just stating the fact, and I believe him that he has forgiven people for that, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. And he's exalting the Lord and the Lord's faithfulness because where people fail, the Lord steps in and, and meets our needs. He doesn't just drop us, but there's this element of loving each other well that means that we're willing to stand by each other and be strength for each other as we go through difficult circumstances. And, and thinking about how does that happen in, in our context? Because at my first defense, we're not there as a country and there are other parts of the world that are there, but we're not. And so, but I was thinking about this and I was thinking there are a couple things that I would say to us in this. The first is, is be aware there's this thing that it's just ministry of presence. Ministry of presence. Again, we're, we're pragmatic by nature, you know, by culture, we're pragmatic people and what can I do? What could I do? Well, a lot of times, when somebody's in a difficult circumstance, a lot of times there's nothing really you can do. You can't do anything, but you can be there. And ministry of presence, is a, it's a really important thing. And, and that standing by, sometimes it's just, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna go stand by you. I'm just gonna stand here. I don't have, I can't do anything for you. This is one of those things that we're, you know, all of it, you gotta carry this weight, I can't carry it, but I'm gonna stand here next to you, and I'm gonna be here, and I'm gonna speak words of encouragement, and I'm gonna pray, and you're just gonna know that I'm here with you. I love you, and I'm with you. So that's, there's that standing by ministry of presence, strengthening. We do draw strength from other people, and, and we do. We do. The second thing, not just ministry of presence, but also prayer. Prayer's a real thing. I can't explain a lot of stuff to you, but I'll declare to you that it is true. God hears your prayers for other people and it moves him to act. And so to be a person who prays, who really prays, who commits to praying for and who is, who is advocating, interceding for those that, that, we're, that we're loving. That's one of the ways we love them is by praying for them. That's how we stand by them. They, can, they are strengthened through God's response to our prayers. And we have this thing coming up this week. I don't know if you saw the email. We have a prayer event this week. We have one every month. And these prayer events are good ways to stand by and strengthen each other, our church, churches in our community. And so this week, um, there's 24 hours of prayer and it's on the website, it's in the email. But this one is really, this is interesting. This one we're, is going to be a, a lot of gratitude. So we are going to be praising God for his faithfulness, his provision, and his blessings. And so it starts at six o'clock on Monday morning, March 22nd, and it goes until 6 p.m. 
And for those of you guys who are here in person, or those of you watching online, if you wanna hear during business hours, um, you can come into this room and pray here. So it's a great way to stand by and strengthen each other, to love each other, to love us as followers of Jesus, but broader in some of those groups that maybe you wouldn't normally see yourself loving. So, so there's this idea of standing by and strengthening. That's the third one. Here's the fourth one, sacrifice. And this almost goes without saying, if you're taking the other things I'm talking about seriously, it's like, oh, this is gonna cost me something. It will, it's costly. Sacrifice is costly. Um, it's, a, it's a laying down of self. And, and so Jesus said this to his disciples. John records it. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So I heard this from somebody else, and I, I don't know where I heard it from. So some of us are called to lay down our lives for somebody else or for the cause of Jesus in one grand gesture. And some of us are called to lay down our lives every hour of every day. And I wonder which one's harder. Because it's like, man, that to lay down your life in one grand gesture for another person or for the cause of Christ in general, that's a big thing. But to, to lay down your life for another person every hour of every day, there's a lot of opportunities to, to sidestep that one, to go, to say no and step aside and, and hang on to you and what's best for you and, and to make sure that I have what I need and me and mine and we got what we're, like just, there's a lot of opportunity there. But that in him there is no darkness lover. God who is love has poured his love on and into us and it's free to us. It's free to us, but great cost to him. Great cost to him. He, was, he sacrificed, the father sacrificed his son. Jesus laid down his life. He became sin. That to me is one of the most, it's not just the cross. There are a lot of people who have suffered really difficult, horrific, heroic deaths. Don't lump Jesus into that mix. It wasn't just the cross. The Bible tells us that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I think that was, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you're familiar with that story, Jesus is, he is praying before he goes to the cross and he is, he is perspiring drops of blood because of the duress that he was under. He is asking the Father if there's any other way, not this way, yet not my will, but your will be done. I don't think he's extremely worried about crucifixion I think the bigger issue was God the Son 
who knew no sin. He had, he had no framework for sin, for being a sinner, for, for trespassing against this holy God. He, had, he, he is and was the holy God. He's the one who had been trespassed against and he became sin who knew no sin. The sacrifice, the price tag connected to, to the love that has been lavished upon us, that we would be called children of God, that price is high, it's great sacrifice that you and I receive by saying yes. It's just this free gift that God offers to us that Jesus became sin for us so that we might have God's righteousness. And, and so this love that comes from God is, it is a sacrificial, sacrificing love and and you wanna know if you're loving people with God's love, it's, it's like sacrifice is, is a, a piece of that. What am, I, what am I laying down? What am I giving up? What does this cost so that, so that I'm loving, that these people are being well-loved? So sacrifice, that's the fourth one. And then here's the fifth one, I'm saying so, saying so. I talked about this, I don't know, I don't remember when it was, but my kids, they watch some of these sermons online, they're grown, they're gone, but they watch some of this online, which I'm really glad for, but they still refer back to, hey dad, you remember that sermon where you told all the guys they needed to say I love you to each other? <laughs> they remember it. Um, saying so, I, Jesus said it, you know, John 15, verse nine, well, he says it, verse, he says it there, down 13, 34, and 35, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Like, I've loved you, I love you. He, he says it, he doesn't just show it, he says it to his followers. There, there's no, I mean, you read through these accounts of Jesus' life and his relationship with the people around him, and, and if you just, just read his words, if you just read his words, you know he loves them. Now, if you, if you read how he behaved towards them, you're like, wow, he really loved them. Like, that's God's kind of love. But he, he said it and he showed it to them. And I don't know if you need a little push in that regard, if you, you, know, you conservative Midwestern, upper Midwestern people who, you know, you hold it all right here. Um, it's God's kind of love, we kind of wear it on our sleeve. And it is, it is really okay. You don't look like you're really excited about this piece right here. <laughs> it's really okay to look at another person who is not related to you or who you are not married to and say to them, hey, I love you. I love you. I don't know why God wired us this way. I can't explain it. It is important to say I love you to people. And it is important to hear I love you from people particularly people who are standing by you and who are, who are there and who are like, I'll be strength for you in this moment. You, you're gonna carry me some other day, but today I'm gonna be here standing by you. Those words, I love you, that's a big deal in somebody else's life. Some of you know this because you maybe never heard them. Never heard those words from somebody who was meaningful to you and you know how that hurts 
Well, I'm telling you, the opposite is really true. For, for you to hear from a friend, a fellow follower of Jesus who is, who is sharing with you, who is sacrificing for you, a mutually beneficial relationship to be able to look at each other or to text it to each other to just say those words, I love you. And we know by the way we act towards each other, we really mean it, that's a really big deal. And so I just, this is just a, a little nudge to give it a shot. If you've, if you've not said those words to somebody, just give it a shot. See, what it, see how it boosts their spirit, it gives them strength, it breathes life and joy into them to say those words, I love you to the people that you love and the people that God is pushing you to, to love with his love as well. And so that's, that's the five things. Let me go back to this, this verse we started with. John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, so this is this is for us. Everyone will know that we're his followers. This is for us, and there's something for us in this as we love each other well, as God's love flows into on us and into us and out of us into each other's lives. There's something, there's something for us in this. As we, as we love and are loved, it's, it's better. It's for us, but it's not about us. It's about culture who, who does not know what God is like other than maybe what they heard from somewhere and they probably got bad information. They don't know what God is like. They don't know what difference he could make in their lives. They're not really sure that they're interested or if this would be something that, but they look at these people who have figured out how to love each other, and in that there is a, huh, we out here can't seem to, we can't find our way out of this to save our lives, but those guys in there, they've, they've figured this out. Maybe we ought to, maybe they have something to say about this. Maybe they have something to say to me. So as we love each other well, and not just in our comfort zones, but as we love each other well as Christian people in this community, it'll make all the difference for us, but it is about those people that God is calling us to serve and to reach. And they, they will know that we are followers of Jesus by the way that we love one another. And so I'm excited for us to take next steps in this as a church, for us to be the kind of church that loves each other with this love that God has poured into and on us we get to pour that into each other's lives. So can I pray that for us? Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me and let's, let's pray together. So Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you for loving us. That while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Thank you that, that you did not hold back in any way. what great love you have lavished on us that we could be called children of God. 
And that is what we are. So we celebrate being your children and recognizing that, that we're brothers and sisters, not just in this room or on this, on this video, but in this community and part of this worldwide family. And it's a tremendous privilege that is ours. Thank you for loving your son who loved us and loves us and for giving us your spirit, for pouring your love into our hearts by your spirit. So we don't wanna, we don't wanna figure this out on our own. We don't wanna try harder, try to not asking any of us to manufacture anything. Help us to trust you to step into relationships that call for your kind of love. And if we are worried whether we have what it takes, if we're worried that, that maybe it's not, it won't be there for us or the things that I'm talking about won't really happen, help us see through and beyond all that stuff to be the kind of people who are willing to risk it because you have given, you've given us all that we need. We're gonna trust you in this, Father. So lead us by your spirit, fill us with what we need, let us pour it out into the lives of people around us. We're looking forward to the good things that come. And Jesus, you've made all this possible for us, so we pray these things in your name. Amen. So great to be with you guys today. Thank you for, for coming to church. Still got, I can see out the doors here. We still got daylight. It's a, it's a really good thing. Um, but thanks for being part of our church. Thanks for stepping into these things that God is calling us to and calling us forward. I'm, I'm really excited for the days that we're experiencing now and the days that are ahead. So um, you guys know that I've been here for a while. The ushers are gonna come and help you kind of make your way out of here. It is beautiful outside, so enjoy that. And um, I love you guys, and I will see you next weekend. God bless you.